can go ahead and be seated. And as you are, I want to share with you, I'm pretty excited uh, for today because up here with me is the Reverend Rodney Perry. And Rodney and I have been, <laughs> thank you, Ryan, have been uh, good friends for the decade, for over a decade now. And uh, the way that we met each other actually was through our work as pastors. Mine here at Crossroads, Rodney, uh, was the pastor of Central Baptist, which is the uh, second oldest historical black church in uh, Denver, in the Denver area. Just um, super instrumental in civil rights movement and all the rest. And so, uh, anyways, we've been friends over the years. And in August, Rodney actually uh, resigned his position at Central to come and work at the region uh, that we're a part of, the ABCRM, as really the race relations uh, director for our region. And as soon as I heard that he was resigning, I said, Rodney, I want you to be a part of our preaching team at Crossroads. Would you do it? And so uh, he's here today. And so would you give him a warm uh, welcome today? Thank you, Rodney. Uh, for being here. Now, as he, uh, as he gets into it, I want you to know that he's not afraid of your verbal confirmation, all right? And so you are free to be uh, talkative. So I just want you to practice real quick, all right? I just want you to repeat after me, amen. amen. All right, good. So that just is a Bible word that means truly I agree with you, all right? So if you shout that, that's okay. If you put your hands together and clap, that's all right. If you say preach it, he will, all right? So I just want you to know uh, that you can do that. So Rodney, they're ready. You're set up. Take it away, brother. Thank you, Matt. Let's bow for a word of prayer. God, we thank you again for the privilege that you've afforded us to come again to the house of prayer. I pray now that you would give strength to your servant. Help me that I might be able to declare your truth. And then I pray for every hearer that their faith would be made stronger. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. I'm so excited to be at Crossroad. I'm doubly excited to have a friend in ministry, a colleague by the name of Matt Manning, who's doing a tremendous job, not only at Crossroad, but across our region to give leadership and to support the, the kingdom of God. We are so thankful for him and for uh, his leadership. I also want to appreciate this worship team this morning. They are doing a phenomenal job in preparing our hearts for the word of God. We're thankful for them. I also bring greetings on behalf of Dr. Steve Van Osteren, the executive minister of the American Baptist Churches of the Rocky Mountains. He does send his love and support to you on today. My wife is in the building, but she is now visiting the youth and children's ministry uh, during this hour. And uh, I'm always more excited when Sheila is in near proximity. Amen. And so we've been, uh, we've been together for 34 years. She's walked with me throughout uh, 33 years of preaching ministry. So we're thankful for her as well. Um, let, me, let me start. Um, I want to share the uh, focus text this morning, Acts chapter 1. I want to read in our hearings verses 6 through 11. These words are there found. When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore again the kingdom to Israel? And he said unto them, It is not for you to know the time nor or the seasons which the Father hath put in his own power. But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in all Judea, and in Samaria, and unto the uttermost part of the earth. And when he had spoken these things while 
I'm sorry. And when he had spoken these things, while they beheld, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. Verse 10, and while they looked steadfastly forward, heaven, and while they looked steadfastly forward, heaven and he, he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing into heaven? The same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in like manner as ye have seen him go into heaven. I want to simply talk from the subject, keep watching. I want to announce this morning that the kingdom will come. That's not a question. The kingdom of God will be established. The rich, the extremely rich and famous has now created a new playground in outer space. They have invested billions of dollars. They have built major toys to get them, to transport them from Earth to outer space. Uh, they have gone through special training uh, for their expeditions. They are operating outside of the government-sponsored space exploration, NASA. They're doing it on their own. And yet, this is not a new phenomenon for those of us who are in faith. For we see Jesus in this text taking an outer space exploration without all of the toys, without all of the training, he's taken up into heaven right away without any restrictions. And so it is. I want to talk this morning about the fact that he had to leave so that he could get us prepared to carry on the work that he started in those three public years of ministry. I find it interesting that there are 11 men on top of Mount Olive that stand with Jesus. There's only 11 because Judas has betrayed Christ. He is no longer a part of the 12. They have not yet gone through the process to, re, uh, to replace uh, Judas. And so these 11 men are there on Mount Olive as Christ makes ready to ascend back to heaven. It is 40 days past his resurrection. Again, he has taken the time to make sure that those in his proximity would understand that he was who he said he was. Every miracle that Jesus performed was done to authenticate the fact that he was the son of God. Now that he has been resurrected from the dead, he again takes 40 days to reaffirm for them that I am the Messiah that you've been waiting on. I am the promised one. I am the anointed one. I am the son of God. And yet, with all that he showed them, we find that they reject him. Don't you find it interesting that the question is raised? Are you going to restore the kingdom to Israel now when in fact they have just rejected the king? You cannot have a kingdom without a king. Now you are going to have to help me preach this morning. Hello? <laughs> Say amen anyhow. <laughs> amen. You cannot have a kingdom without a king. And Jesus is not just a king. He is the king. 
He is the king that Israel had been waiting for. Not only that, but he is the one that would establish the work of redemption for all of humankind. <clears throat> I, want to, I want to haste to say that the work of redemption, the roadmap to salvation is complete after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 says that he died according to the scripture. He was buried and rose the third day according to the scripture. And because of that, salvation is complete. We even hear Jesus establishing that from the cross saying, it is finished. What is finished? The work of salvation is complete. All we have to do is appropriate what Christ has done on the cross of Calvary to our individual lives so that we become the benefactors of his redemption. It's one thing to have salvation available. It's another thing to not appropriate it to your own individual lives. And so Christ has done the work. It is complete. I also want to admonish us this morning at Crossroads that you're not saved just to be saved. There's a whole lot of people that have not yet been introduced to Jesus Christ. And your role is to help us to introduce them to Jesus Christ so they too can have a relationship with him. So with the rejection of the king, the kingdom is now delayed. Therefore, we have ushered in for us what we call grace or the church age. You will discover in this series of acts that churches are being born, that new, uh, new, new uh, commitment to Christ are coming forth. And it is important because grace helps all of us. Can we just thank God for grace? His grace is sufficient. Grace gives us an opportunity to get it right so that we too can be with Christ forever. First of all, there is the ascension. In uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 9, it says, and when he had spoken these things while they beheld, he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight. While he is sharing these things about the fact that you will become my witnesses, and that is why you're not saved just to be saved, but you are to become the witnesses, the ambassadors for Christ Jesus. While he spake these things to the eleven, he was taken up out of their sight. Now, it says, by a cloud. And some theologians would suggest that it was a cloud of angels that came to escort Christ back into glory. Others said that it was a literal cloud that he stepped aboard and transported himself back to glory. I don't know which cloud it was. It's really not important, but I can tell you that he did go back up. And the record is, is that he's sitting on the right hand of the father. His ascension was of such amazement that the second point is, is that they stand in amazement. Here this Christ is, standing on Mount Olive. No um, space gear, no rocket ship, 
It has been financed by him alone. And he takes off while they're standing there looking. Now, I wasn't there, but by faith, I still stand in amazement. Would you not be amazed to see a Christ that just takes off from the top of a mountain, ascends back into glory? So the Bible says that they stand in amazement. There it is in Acts chapter 1, verses 10 through 11a. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven, he went up. Behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, which also said, Ye men of Galilee, why stand ye gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you unto heaven. They stand there in amazement. Finally, there comes the announcement. And the announcement says, the same way that you see him leaving, he shall so return. And that's the premise of, I, I want to suggest to you to keep, keep watching. This Christ that ascended into glory is going to soon return. I might add that every condition for his return has been met. There is nothing that would withhold the return of Christ. The rejection of Israel by the, of the king delayed the coming of the kingdom. For 2,000 plus years now, we have been waiting on his return. And ladies and gentlemen, I want to suggest to you, not that I'm some, math, uh, some prophet or mathematician, but it's a lot closer now than it ever has been. And I don't know about you, but I'm ready for his return. When Christ shall come, there will be no question, there will be no doubt about the fact that he is coming. Let me suggest to you that upon his return, he's not coming back through a manger in Bethlehem. But he's coming as king of kings. Oh, you ought to help me preach right here. And he's coming back as Lord of lords. Let me share with you that upon his return, first of all, he's going to remove the church. That's where we find 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 13 uh, through 18, where he says, I will not have you ignorant, brethren, but we shall not all sleep, but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trump, and the dead in Christ shall rise, and those of us who are alive and remain shall be caught up to meet them in the middle of the air. So when he comes to rapture the church, he will not put his foot on the ground. He's going to be suspended in the air to take the church. And ladies and gentlemen, once the church is removed from the world, all hell breaks loose. So do you understand your role is a, as a believer in the body of Christ? Grace is still administered. And then when he comes back as king, he's going to put his foot back on Mount Olive. And then he will come to establish the kingdom that we're waiting for. Matter of fact, let's read that. Zechariah 14 and 4. On that day, his feet shall stand on where? 
Mount Olive that lies before Jerusalem on the east and the Mount of Olives shall be split into two from east to west by a very wide valley. So upon his return, he's going to put his foot on Mount Olive. The church would have been raptured. And then there's going to be a thousand years of peace called the millennium. After that, the battle of Armageddon, where Jesus comes out victorious against the Antichrist. And then after that battle, he's going to establish the kingdom forever. The Bible tells us that to his kingdom, there is no end. Are you ready to serve with Christ in the eternal kingdom? On this side, my friends, we've got trouble on every hand, but in the eternal kingdom, there's going to be peace untold. On this side, my brothers and sisters, we have trouble on every hand, but on that side, we're going to have peace that shall surpass all understanding. I don't know about you, but I'm waiting on that return of Christ. I'm waiting for that kingdom, that eternal kingdom to be established. And I don't know about you, but when they give me my crown, I won't use it for my own self, but I'll use it to crown him. You ought to help me, Lord of Lords and King of Kings. I'm waiting for that return. And upon that return, we shall forever be in the presence of the Lord. No more heartaches, no more pain, no more trouble, no more trials, no more tribulations. But we shall be able to reign with Christ. And what I like about it is when we get to that point, we'll be just like Christ when he ascended from Mount Olive. We won't need a, a space exploration gear. We won't need the toys, but we'll be able to go from earth to glory without any reservations, without any hesitations, without any restrictions. On that day when Christ shall return, I wonder, will you be in the number when Christ shall reign, shall reign, shall reign forever? Well, I'm so grateful for the words that Rodney has brought us today, reminding us of the King, Jesus, who ascends into heaven. And as we remember that, not only King of this world, but also King of our lives, we go to communion remembering uh, what Jesus accomplished on the cross in order for him to be King of our lives. And so what I want to do is I just want to give you a moment to quiet your hearts in light of this reality that Rodney just preached about. That one day, Jesus will come again and his feet will land on that mountain again. And in that, on that day, as Rodney said, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that Jesus is Lord. And so as we quiet our hearts in that direction, I just want you to take a minute and I want you to think in your own lives and pursue the spirit in your own lives of, of where does Jesus sit there? Is Jesus a good friend? Is he a buddy that you stop by once a week and see? Is he king of your life? Where, where is he at? Take a moment, just close your eyes and ponder those thoughts.
Jesus, we are thankful that you are our friend, that you are our savior, that you are our king. And Lord, today we, we bow our knee in submission to you, knowing that the obedience of our lives, that when we submit our lives fully to you, Lord, that you work in us and you bring about the kingdom that Rodney just spoke about today. And Lord, we know, we know that your kingly reign looks way different than, than what we typically see in this world. Lord, that it's not one built on war, domination of others, but it was you coming into this world as a humble servant to die on the cross for the forgiveness of our sins. And for that, we say thank you. We thank you for, for coming as a king and laying down your life for us. And now we celebrate together as a church, remembering what was accomplished on the cross on that day. That Jesus looked at his disciples at that last supper and he took the bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. That for years they, they had celebrated the Passover, that this was the bread of the goat that was broken so that they might be saved in Egypt. And now Jesus was saying, no, this is my body broken for you. He says, eat it every single time that you remember me. And so today we remember Jesus on the cross and our sins being forgiven. And then he took the cup which represented the blood of the goat that they put over the doorpost. And the, and the whole idea was is that, is that as the angel of death would pass over, that if the blood covered them, that they would be safe. And Jesus goes, you've known this, you've practiced this. This is what the Passover was all about. Now my blood covers your sin, that my blood covers your life and you'll know death no more. You'll know only life eternal. And so today we drink the forgiveness of our sins. As we gather together, we wanna to pray for one another, we wanna sing. And so if you need prayer online or in house, uh, you can make your way to the banner here online. You can click the button, we'd love to pray for you. I'm gonna ask you to stand as we sing these songs to our good Lord and our King Jesus today.